When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into another edition of the PHNX T-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX. Uh, I'm sitting next to this man who I uh, may not, may or may not be artificial intelligence. It's your Thunderstick and my vice mayor, Jesse Friedman. Jesse, you, haven't, you haven't put my voice through the machine yet? Oh, uh, no, that's not. The, I, I will refuse to do that. I don't want to know if you're replaceable because then I'll start getting ideas. But uh, <laughs> as we've talked about, the Diamondbacks, of course, have uh, still a lot of holiday shopping to do when it comes to their free agency season, their off season, everything, all this money that they have to spend. Uh, they still have several positional needs. And in looking at some information that Jesse took a deeper dive into, the Diamondbacks might not have as much money as we necessarily thought they were going to have. We've talked about yeah. this not insubstantial amount of money that's going to be reinvested back into the team. We've talked about what the payroll could potentially look like. We've even uh, fantasized about throwing money at Yamamoto or Otani or some of these other big names on the on the free agency market. But uh, after the Diamondbacks fell short on Sonny Gray, Nick Picoro wrote a story that kind of detailed some of their spending, and that's what caused uh, us to go down this path a little bit yeah uh nick wrote a story last night uh just about uh how starting pitching is still the diamondbacks top priority which certainly makes sense right i know that Absolutely. it wasn't the first thing that they addressed they had this opportunity to go get a third baseman and as we've discussed i think it I think it made sense for them to pull the trigger on that deal even though it is really early in the offseason uh cal rally by the way was on foul territory and he was discussing that yeah. details talking about how gino is the absolute heart and soul of that mariners team and that they're going to feel a little bit lost without him uh Lack vibes only, Derek. Lack a little sympathy here. I just want to say that that's a good thing. That makes us feel good about this for sure. Yeah, there's no heard nothing but good things about A. Eugenio Suarez as a person, um, but just a obviously a really key part of that Mariners clubhouse. Um, but yeah, getting back to starting pitching and this need that the Diamondbacks have that I, I do believe is their biggest need in it. And from what Nick wrote, um, and from what I've heard as well. Uh, that's how the D-backs view this as well. Starting pitching yeah. is the thing that they need the most this winter. And uh, Nick did say, as you mentioned earlier, that the Diamondbacks did make a run at Sonny Gray. According to this story, of course, that that ultimately fell short. Uh, he signed with the St. Louis Cardinals for three years and $75 million, as we've talked about. Um, but yeah, there's also some stuff in here from Nick about the Diamondbacks payroll situation. Up to this point, uh, people have been very vague, right, about exactly how much the Diamondbacks had to spend this winter. Uh, Ken Kendrick, of course, on on Burns and Gambo at the beginning of the offseason talked about how there was this, uh, you know, economic windfall as a result of the Diamondbacks postseason run. But he didn't get into specifics about how much money that actually was. Uh, Nick wrote in here that according to a source, the Diamondbacks 
the the ultimate payroll that they wind up with could end up in the 130 to 140 million dollar range for next season, which would give them approximately 20 million dollars to spend this winter, um, which is not a lot of money, Derek. No. It's not a lot of money. No, it's not. Not for the fact that they still have to get, potentially, if you were looking at positional needs, a DH, an outfielder, and that starting pitcher. We take a look at Sonny Gray's contract, yeah. and Sonny Gray right there was not would be essentially too expensive for what he signed for. And that yeah. it makes makes sense as to why the Diamondbacks didn't really pursue him. But, you know, we, we talked about some candidates yesterday in Seth Lugo and Michael Waka. And there are a lot of options out there for the Diamondbacks to go get. Guys that had good stats, guys that were good pitchers, they're just not those big, you know, free agent names. And it's, it's you know, of course we know that the Diamondbacks, you know, had talked about reinvesting in this team and the economic windfall and all that. But I just have to question if they were ever going to go after one of those elite starters in the first place. I, you yeah. know, it's 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 not to say like we talked about yesterday that they they're not really priced out of the market. But when you start looking at some of these bigger contracts, you know, that I don't know if the Diamondbacks were ever in the race uh, or when all is said and done for some of these, you know, big name pitchers, if they were ever in the race, considering what they're going to end up with. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you if you only have 20 million to spend this winter, I mean, w- like how seriously could you have really been? on Sonny Gray, you know, I mean, he signed for 25 million a year, I guess maybe the D backs were trying to go to four years, but a lower average annual value. Maybe they were offering like, I don't know, four and 70 or something like that. Well, and these aren't hard caps, right? These are just, these are just like ideas that are floating around internally about how much they want to spend, but should someone be available for some sort of reasonable amount, but it's maybe a little bit out of their price range. I don't see them not pursuing it. I mean, overall, I know we're going to talk about the Diamondbacks current payroll, but we're also going to talk about how far they are off from the competitive balance uh, tax threshold. (laughs) And that's one thing that they could literally double their payroll right now. And they still wouldn't even be close to what the competitive balance tax threshold is. And that's what most of the teams in our division are going to be spending. We've heard about the Giants. The Giants yeah. are all in on Otani. They're all in on Yamamoto. They're all in on everybody. It sounds they might very they much, might come in second place on all of them. But they they're, might. They're they might give they've, it their darndest. They've right? been they've been known to they've been known to come in second when it comes to uh, acquiring certain free agents. But they're lucky that they missed out on those guys, right? In some cases, it wasn't the worst thing that the Giants missed out on some of the guys they were going after. But I'm just saying, along with the Padres, along with the Dodgers, we're going to have the Giants making attempt to get big name free agents and spending probably a lot more money than the diamondbacks are going to spend. So yeah. uh, obviously they there's, you know, they, there has to be like a gray area that they're willing to go into past that 20 million into maybe 25, 30 million, especially if they're planning on fulfilling a DH as well as, as an outfielder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it is true that the diamondbacks wind up spending 20 million for the rest of the off season and, and Nick also wrote that, you know, Ken Kendrick has been known to uh, stretch things a little bit coming off of, uh, you know, playoff seasons. Uh, we saw the payroll uptick in 2012 following the 2011 postseason run. Correct. We saw the same thing in 2018. So, you know, I, I do think that there's a, a chance that the Diamondbacks spend north of this number. But if it is, in fact, 20 million, yeah, you got to figure out a way to parse out that 20 million in, in the way that serves you best. And it certainly is not going to be 
a Sonny Gray, a Blake Snell, a Yamamoto. It, 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 those things just aren't going to be possible. It, it would have to be someone like what we talked about yesterday with Seth Lugo and Michael Waka. Even those guys would be maybe pushing it. I mean, if yeah. you give Seth Lugo $13 million, if you're really only going to spend $20 million the rest of the offseason, that leaves you with $7 million bucks to get a backup catcher, to get an outfielder, uh, you know, to, to get a DH if that's something that they want to do. So it, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, and, and I know we talked about this the other day, but um, it sounds like the the trade market might be a, a way that the Diamondbacks really, they might really have to lean into that because you're not going to fill all of these needs with $20 million in free agency. Ryan's asking about D-Bucks, by the way, which I'm very excited. We haven't talked about D-Bucks in a long time. So <laughs> uh, we might be calling them Diamond Bucks now. Diamond Bucks sounds pretty cool too. I'm, I'm on board with that as I well. I hate Diamond Bucks. Oh, Diamond Bucks. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, that's That sounds like, uh, and I'm going to really, I'm going to really, stray out of jesse's realm of knowledge here it sounds Uh like (laughs) some sort of team the young bucks would form with somebody else in pro wrestling that's for one guy out there (laughs) and one guy only watching this but uh when we talk about the diamondbacks current payroll in 2023 there's some interesting things obviously uh we're going to talk about you you've added you've added the some estimated payroll in there you've obviously added suarez is in there but as they're constructed right now madison bumgardner and mark melanson are two retained salaries uh, for next year, Madison Bumgarner making fourteen million next year, Melanson two million, and right now, uh, the way the way things are, that's nearly twenty percent of their payroll for twenty twenty four. The reason, yeah, if you're just looking at like the opening day payroll, right. number, yeah, like yeah. I mean, obviously yeah, it's going like to go that. down once they add some, and it's going to be more like you know probably closer to ten percent rather than twenty percent, but still, that is a significant amount of money that the Diamondbacks have uh, and retain salaries next year. Obviously, Mad Bum being the big part of that, that those are going to be gone, you know, and that's something the Diamondbacks, once again, this kind of reminds me of, of the Dave Stewart years where the, where Mike Hazen took over and he kind of had to do some maneuvering to get out of some of the spending that the Diamondbacks had done. That's what, you know, is going on, I think, this season. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the Diamondbacks, you know, hold off on maybe getting that, undoing that big free agent spending, maybe until the following year, maybe until the off season of 2024, just due to that. I mean, they're right now, uh, if, if they are planning on going through with this $20 million plan, like you said, uh, it's, that doesn't leave a lot of money. So, but let's take a look at their current payroll right now, because, uh, this will kind of illustrate where the diamondbacks are at right now. Yeah. So first of all, the the Mark Melanson money is just his buyout. Correct. Um, it's not, they're not paying him to pitch this year. Um, but he does have, there was an option. So the D-backs are still on the hook for that $2 million buyout, as you said. But yeah, if you, this is just a breakdown of where things stand today. Uh, the Diamondbacks have $64 million worth of players who are under contract. That does include Bumgarner um, as well, as well as Mark Melanson. Um, and it also includes uh, the guys that, that you would expect it to, right? Merrill Kelly is under contract. Cattell Marte is under contract. These are guys who are uh, not subject to arbitration this winter. We already know exactly how much money they are going to make. Cattell Marte, outside of Madison Bumgarner, is their highest paid player, and he is only making $13.6 million next year. You got to give a credit where credit is due to this it's Diamondbacks team good. yeah, and how they were able, uh, you know, and again, I mean, it's 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 about quality. It's about the the you know the time that they sign some of these guys, but that's the reason right now this payroll is the way it is because uh, in you know in in three years and five years 
you're not going to see Cattell Marte and Zach Gallen making sub $15 million, most likely. Yeah, arbitration next year for Zach Gallen is going to be interesting because, yeah, it's $12 million this year. It it might be close to twenty next year. Yeah. I mean, Zach Gallen is going to make a lot hard. of money in his last year of arbitration. Um, but, yes, so our eligible players, we've got $34.6 million there. God, that's, can we just – sorry, can we just extend Gallen before we have to do an arbitration meeting with him because that's going to – that's just going to be an unfortunate, terrible I experience. Mean, they, they might be able to agree on a number. You don't have to go to an arbitration <laughs> hearing true. necessarily that's if true. you can that's agree true. on a number. Please, advance. let's not do that. Um, but yeah, I, I would imagine that might not be something the D-backs would want to do. We'll see what happens this winter, uh, with all these arbitration cases, Christian Walker also arbitration eligible, uh, this winter, this is his last year of arbitration. He's, uh, estimated to make 11.5 million. Paul Seawald is also in his last year of arbitration. He's estimated to make 6.8 Ryan Thompson, Kevin Ginkle, Joe Mantiply. All those guys are arb eligible as well. All that comes out to 34.6 million. We are very confident that the D-backs are going to wind up keeping all of those guys. So that money is pretty much set in stone at this point. We've got $9.7 million here for pre-arbitration players. These are guys who are... Uh, you know, have less than three years of service time generally and are still, uh, you know, still not making a whole lot of money uh, right around the league minimum, which I believe this year is 740,000, something like that. We got lots of those guys. There's an, I think there's 13 of them altogether. <laughs> um, and then what you also see here, which is maybe not included in some other payroll numbers that you might have seen, but I think is important to include. This is certainly something the D-backs will be budgeting for $5.2 million for injured list uh, players, because when a guy goes on the injured list, you still have to pay them and you also have to pay uh, someone to come in and replace them. That might be a conservative estimate when all is said and done, uh, but five point two million there. And then you also pay guys who are on the 40 man roster, but in the minors a little bit more as well. So we have two point three million there. It all comes out to one hundred and fifteen point seven million as the year end payroll. This isn't an opening day payroll. That would be lower because you wouldn't have to right. include the injured list and all the 40 man money and all that Correct. stuff. This is like, what is it going to cost to keep the current team that the Diamondbacks have throughout the entire duration of the 2024 season? They're already at about one fifteen. Um, and it makes sense why if Nick is reporting that, you know, they're going to wind up between one thirty and one forty. They would have about 20 million more to spend, give or take, uh, through the rest of the offseason. So maybe they push it. Maybe it winds up a, a little bit higher than that. We have seen the D-backs spend a little bit bigger at times. We've seen them sign Zach Granke. Uh, but yeah, it's it's gonna be a little bit of a challenge to try to, you know, piece together solutions to everything the Diamondbacks need with 20 million dollars. It's spotrack.com, I think, right? Uh, they, track, they have yeah. their their estimated payroll uh, at 94,920,237. That's just without the arbitration. It's probably 94, 94 million. 94 million, not 94,000. <laughs> I'm sorry, 94 million. Uh, Boy, they've got a lot yeah, to say. they got plenty of money. But the, uh, again, the estimated competitive balance tax space is around 100 and 40 million right now right and like even even taking into consideration the additional 20 million that you said that's still 120 million before they get close to that competitive balance you know tax and that's that for me is the problem is when we are talking about how much the diamondbacks have to spend i understand they're not the padres they're not the dodgers they don't have that kind of money however in order to compete with those teams i feel like they there there's still a lot of room for them to spend and i mean after this you know after this playoff run they have to see 
how much you know the winning especially here in the valley means and if, if you can continue to put a competitive product out there on the field people will come people will watch this team they filled that stadium they filled that stadium against the dodgers during the playoffs so you can't doubt the the diamondbacks fans to come out you just need to comp- continue to put a competitive product on the field you talked about those other years where they had a good season and then they tried to build on it by spending more money next year and then things didn't work out it's how they spend the money and not exactly how much they spent with that being said they still also need to open up the pocketbook here Uh, i think michael said it here in the chat but he said uh, if there were ever an off season to spend it's this one with how many guys are pre-arb still and that's such a great point yeah, this is, I mean, just in general, if ever there was an offseason to spend, like, you this just, is it. you're just in the World Series, right? You've yeah, got, look you've how got, close we are. You've got Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly under contract for two more seasons. Yeah, I mean, the D-backs should, should absolutely be going for it. And like we've talked about before, I mean, there is the whole TV situation, which I'm sure is having some sort of impact here. The D-backs are increasing payroll, but I have to believe that they would be increasing it more so if it were not for the TV situation and the uncertainties surrounding that. We'll hopefully get some more specifics on that as the offseason goes on. But yeah, I mean, if ever there was a time where you should really be trying to push the chips in and, and you know, really, really be a good baseball team, uh, this would be the this would be the winter to do it. And, you know, maybe they wind up going north of that 20 million number, but if they don't, we're really going to be threading the needle, trying to trying to meet all of the needs that this that this team has. Uh, I don't know, Jesse. How do you want to see them spend the money? You know, let's let's say hypothetically, let's not limit them just to twenty million, but know that we're not we're not jumping from twenty million to spending sixty million for this season. We're not. Yeah. So it's got to be twenty. You can maybe go twenty five. You can maybe go thirty. But like you said, even Seth Lugo and Michael Waka, those guys are still going to cost you below. That'd be about two thirds. I mean, maybe you could try to backload it with with one of those guys. Like, all right, we'll give you ten million yeah. in the first year. They then did we'll that you, with Bumgarner's deal a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's ten million in the first year and sixteen in the second or something like that. D backs have some some money coming off the books next off season, as you talked about. But uh, yeah, I mean. If you have $20 million to spend, starting pitching again is your biggest need. So I think you would probably allocate at least half of it to that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think you, I think it's just necessary. Like You just can't really solve the starting pitching need with less than $10 million. Maybe by a little bit. One guy that we'll talk about today, you could maybe get for less than $10 We're gonna million. Try. We're going to try. It might be doable. I'm excited to talk about him because I love this guy. But but if you want, like, if you want, you know, Jorge Soler... I mean that that's probably that's fifteen the, million yeah, right I was there. Say, like, that's going to take up. The you can't get Solaire and a starting pitcher with twenty million dollars. I just don't think it's possible. And that goes back to what I said earlier about the trade market and how you might just really have to lean into that this off season in order to you know try to bring in guys and spend some trade capital, bring in guys who maybe will increase the payroll a little bit. But, you know, or maybe in their earlier arbitration years or something and, uh, you know, have a little bit of control left. That that might be the direction they have to go here. Michael's so right here. He said, again, if CM Punk can go back to WWE after everything he said about them and the lawsuits, the D-backs can sign Otani. I mean, hell did freeze over when it came to CM Punk coming back to WWE. Uh, Elise says this is why the D-backs lose the faith of the fans. Uh, and then she goes on to say of the Fairweather fans in Phoenix, I mean, and that is true. I mean, that's one thing that and 
I, I don't know. I, I still I still have a, am of the mindset that uh, there's a lot of cities uh, that get a lot of flack, including Phoenix, about being fair weather fans. But really, at the end of the day, uh, we haven't had a lot to root for at times here for all of our sporting teams. And it's understandable when some people just don't want to invest their emotions in, in, in a team like that. Last year's team, let's be honest, especially once July came around, was on the brink of just going completely off the rails, breaking our hearts and ending it like so many Diamondback seasons have ended before. And instead it took the wild, ridiculously fun turn that we got. And, you know, at this point, that that's something incredible to build on. Build on in a positive way. Don't go crazy with it because at this point, this team isn't a team that just has a few years left to compete. They are set up for a while to be competitive. A big factor of that, though, is getting a starting pitcher because they know they have two great guys that we have no idea how much longer they're going to be here for in the Valley, and they know that if they if they sign a guy, it would be great. It would be great to sign you know uh, one of these studs to a longer-term deal that you can just have that confidence knowing that the Diamondbacks are going to have one starting pitcher here for like five years plus. You know? Yeah. But Nick did mention in the story too. He he did he did use the phrase "re-sign Gallon." That did that did appear in the article. Uh, and was, see, Nick wouldn't just throw those words around. I know Nick. Nick's uh, Nick's not Nick's like you, Jesse. Nick doesn't want to give us false hope. That's that's my job. My job is to give false hope. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. In in context, the way that he said it was not at all. That Diamondbacks are definitely going to extend him. It. it was just to, it was just to suggest that you know maybe as they're thinking about what they want to spend this winter. They might they might want to be saving something sure. for an investment in to, Gallon. Yeah. It also mentioned an investment in Gabby Moreno. Um, of course, that that wouldn't cost too much in in the early years. Yeah, let's uh, I get think, that done. I think Corbin Carroll this year in the second year of the deal is making three point six million. So the first few years of a Gabby Moreno extension would still be quite reasonable, but you'd have to factor in the long term cost of that. So I'm sure that's something that they have in in mind as well right now. For sure. Um, yeah, it. It's going to be really tough. This is where Mike Hazen's job is more difficult than mm-hmm. the job of a lot of other GMs yeah. in this sport. Yeah. Uh, you are just in the World Series. You, I'm sure that he, I'm sure that the Diamondbacks front office wants to do everything in their power to come back next year and make the playoffs and try to make another run at this thing. And $20 million, I mean, that that is, that's tough. And it also, if I'm being totally honest, giving a Eugenio Suarez $11 million next year I think you. I still like the move for the D backs next year. Well, oh, a, we were talking about twenty twenty four. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, 11, yeah. yeah sorry. Eleven, bad. eleven million. I think it's eleven point three, including his signing bonus for twenty twenty four. It's not a cheap. That I mean, if in fact they have twenty on. million more to spend, that means that they gave more than a third of their offseason expenditure to Eugenio Suarez. I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad decision. It's not, but yeah, I still think it probably made the most sense for them. Yeah, third but base. That's and, a, third base and starting pitcher were their biggest needs. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, could you? I don't know. Could you have gotten someone really cheap to play third base who maybe wasn't quite as good as Suarez, but gives you a little bit more money to to go get? Uh, you know, a, a, a maybe a higher tier of a starting pitcher. 
I don't know exactly what that looks like. We talked about Justin Turner, but that's not going to necessarily cost you enough for you to not take on Suarez's. Turner can't play third that's base. That's what I'm saying. Suarez's <laughs> range at third base is excellent. He's going to be there yeah. all the time. He's going to play there. I mean, he'll he'll have probably like 10 days off the season, but you know, he was he played all 162 games last year and like I said, Tory will die before he lets a guy do that in his starting lineup, but we know that we have a solid guy that that much like a lot of the positions uh, on this team, it's 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 taken care of. You know, you you don't have to think about it. You said backup catcher, and a big part of that backup catcher yeah, is because you know too. Gabby is your everyday guy now. But catcher is just not a position that you can go with an everyday guy anymore in in Major League Baseball. You got to right. give him rest, and and especially Gabby. Gabby's got to got to still have some time to you know uh, to to recover from that rigorous <laughs> they, position. They really, they really they beat his ass. They beat him up, and they beat him up all postseason <laughs> long. I hated it. I hated it. And they but. basically started him every game for the last two weeks of the regular season, and then he played an entire month in the playoffs starting yeah. every game. Um, and then and, he gets like two nights of sleep before he has to be back training for next season is what I feel like. Right, this is, yeah. <laughs> this is not a short offseason for the Snakes. but Don't uh, you think that Hazen would leverage in his contract negotiation to get more than $20 million to spend this offseason? Like in his contract? Yeah, like when Hazen was, was extended? Logically, logically I, I just would think that he would want to go into that being like, I know that I have more money to spend to build a winner here. It's too fluid of a situation. You, there's just too many variables impacting the spending of the organization that you can't really just, you know, put that in your contract and re- demand that they let you spend more. No, in, it's in order more of a pre, pre-agreed upon just kind of like handshake deal type of thing. There but, could be something. But like why that. wouldn't why wouldn't he then go to the Red Sox who apparently want to sign Otani and stuff if that was truly an option that was on the table? I mean, the Red Sox haven't necessarily spent a ton of money lately either. But yeah, it's a fair point. And it's a I mean, that's a big that's a big part of why people were wondering if Mike Hazen would want to go to the Red Sox, because you're going to just have a lot more money to spend there. At the same time, it's also a hellish division to play in. Yeah, uh, I mean, the NL, the NL West is is uh, pretty brutal, too. But well, the expectations are lower here. If you go to Boston and you fail, you're not going to maintain your job. You could fail here, and people still won't pin it on you as the GM. He's done an excellent job in the maneuvers. And he hasn't made. failed here. He's he been, hasn't. He's been. He's done he's nothing been but a kind pretty, of pretty. Pretty. Yeah. I mean, there have been mistakes, but overall, it's been pretty good for my. I case. think the key factor here is is if he moves to Boston, then he has to put up his Christmas lights himself. That that's a great point. Am I right? That's what it came down Tory's to. flying to Boston. Do you know the <laughs> amount of stress that I am under right now? Because I haven't put my Christmas lights up yet. And there are several houses in my neighborhood fully decorated. I'm feeling that stress, that pressure that Tori described of, of playing in the World Series. And, and on the side, constantly thinking about, you know, whether he was going to go with like color change lights this year and blow ups or if he was going to yeah. go with more of a you know, traditional cardboard cutout of cartoon characters that he was going to paint himself. There's not a lot of time to paint those characters, you guys. Did you seriously think Tori wouldn't fly to Boston to put up the Christmas lights? No, I think Tori absolutely would fly anywhere in the world Mike Hazen is at. He made a commitment for life. Tori's going to be like going doing... up in a walker, and there's going to be discussions about Tori, you know, having to rent a, a cherry picker to take himself up to the roof and put the lights up on the house when he's too old to climb it. Isn't isn't putting up lights in like a cold northeast city? 
Like that has to be awful. Oh, it's that terrible. That has to be terrible. And the danger <laughs> has to be exponentially higher. And people just aren't getting as much enjoyment out of it. Yeah, because like, I'm not walking around in your yeah, neighborhood in Arizona, when it's that People cold are walking out. around, yeah. drinking hot cocoa, enjoying Christmas lights. Like I don't want to walk around when the wind chill is minus 10 degrees. Like it's hardly even worth putting up Christmas thing you've lights said this if you whole live show. over there. Smartest thing you've said the whole show. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate you guys being here right now on the PHN Exports YouTube channel. Of course, if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, make sure to do so. Uh, leave us a like. Drop us a like. Gabby, uh, he's busy on his off season, but he'll stop by and tell you to drop a like. Uh, make sure uh, you sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our wonderful shows go live. Uh, if you're listening on the audio podcasting side, make sure you leave us a review. Also, make sure you're subscribed over there. We appreciate it. Of course, this holiday season, the best gift to get anybody, whether you're a procrastinator or whether you're like me and you actually think about people ahead of time, is still Arizona Lottery Holiday Scratchers. They are the perfect uh, gift because they make last-minute shopping easy. They make great stocking stuffers. And, of course, uh, they, they, they even for the people that you consider in your lives, nobody nobody loves the idea more of, of maybe winning a half a million dollars uh, based on your gift. So there's a Scratchers for everyone on your list. They start at just $1, and like I said, top prizes are up to half a million dollars go out and buy your holiday scratchers today i have to split the one we won the other day with jesse you do we're getting 250 a piece jesse didn't understand that you can just take your lottery ticket to any place and they'll give you money for it up to 599 dollars yeah you can take this your, is my this is my first uh, lottery ticket experience yeah, so yeah. uh he's like you just take it in and you give it yeah that's it it's that easy you take it to any place wherever you bought it a circle k anywhere uh that sells lottery tickets does it have to be where you bought it is no it doesn't it have to no no it can be any retailer that sells lottery tickets it's that easy you win 50 dollars just that just stop the gas station on kind of messed up though like, because oh, you could buy it no, from one place no. and then you could redeem it because somewhere it's not else. Their money. It's the state's money. It's Arizona Lottery's money. It's not their money, Jesse. Okay, so, so, so the Arizona Lottery just like reimburses just making them. sure that yeah, they okay. Yeah, they'll all give right. it back to that gas station. That gas station okay. keeps all of those tickets, and it's kind of fun because when you ring it up, it plays a little song. When it hits the barcode on the back, it's like do 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 do, and then you get your money. So ooh. who doesn't want to hear that song during this time of the year? <laughs> Go get your holiday scratcher tickets now. Uh, of course. Baseball is going to be fun, and it's not going to be very expensive next year. If you are an Arizona Diamondbacks fan, go watch games. But a great way to get your tickets if you're just looking for individual tickets last minute is with our friends at Game Time. They are the place for last-minute ticket deals for a reason. They have some of the lowest tickets you can find. And, of course, they are the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So do not fret. Do not miss out, whether it's concerts, shows, events sporting events doesn't matter game time has you covered snag the tickets without the stress with game time download their app create an account and use code phnx for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem code phnx for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed uh all right well we talked about spending the arizona diamondbacks money so now we're gonna go crazy and spend all of it on one guy uh, most likely, because that's probably what it's going to take. But we do have some starting pitchers here that we want to take a look at as potential free agent targets for the Snakes. And the first one is potentially one of my favorites, uh, and that's Marcus Stroman, uh, former, we'll say this for now, former Chicago Cubs starting pitcher. Uh, and let's take a look at his numbers from this season, because Stroman was, once again, another Cy Young candidate uh, that, much like Zach Gallen, kind of, not going to say fell off, had a little bit, uh, of a tougher second half of the season, but still was one of the best pitchers in the National League. 
He was fantastic through July 15th. On July 15th, <laughs> Marcus Stroman looked like he might go win the NL Cy Young. He had a 2.88 ERA. He was 10-6. and six. Everyone in Chicago was talking about Marcus Stroman winning the Cy Young Award and not Justin Steele winning the Cy Young Award. That is correct. Uh, although he was certainly having you know a, a good year in his own right. Um, yeah, and then, uh, as you said, Marcus Stroman's second half was uh, a, bit of a, a bit of a mess. Yeah. Uh, so he, after July 15th, with those great numbers on July 15th, he had three starts after that that were absolutely abysmal. He went 10 innings total in three starts. He's basically going three innings every time. He gave up 17 earned runs on 22 hits in those three starts and ERA up over 15. Uh, so those kind of tanked his numbers a little bit. And then uh, it was revealed that he had a hip injury and he was placed on the injured list. And the initial word was that Marcus Stroman was out for the season. Yeah. We did not expect to see Marcus Stroman Correct. for the rest of the year, at which time many Diamondbacks fans, uh, you know, breathed out a collective sigh of relief because yeah. they were very much in contention with the Cubs. The Cubs don't have Marcus Stroman for the rest of the year. That's good news. And then Marcus Stroman comes back and pitches not as a starter, although I think he might have like opened a game or two for yeah, them. Yeah. But he was really pitching was like eight innings total. Yeah, eight innings altogether out of the bullpen. I think this is like three or four appearances. Uh, and he wasn't great. Uh, he had a 5.63 ERA in those eight innings. I believe the velo was down a little bit. Um, didn't look like at all the same pitcher from the first half. And yet at the end of the season, he still turned down I believe what was a $20 million or something like that, about a $20 million option yeah. that he had with the Cubs. So he still, after that disaster of a second half, was still willing to bet on himself in free agency. And it makes him a really interesting, like, I don't know what Marcus Stroman is going to get paid. Yeah. I really have no idea. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I, I think that there is something to be said about you know the right hip inflammation, right? Pitchers are a creature of habit. It's very difficult to pitch when your mechanics are affected by an injury, by something that's like yeah. a kind of a nagging injury like that. You'd like to believe that that was affecting those three starts oh, yeah. prior. When you have so a 15.63 ERA over yeah. three starts. Yeah, no, I mean, and and based on his performance in the first half and overall, I mean, we are talking about a guy that probably, I mean, like you said, he did turn down the deal from the Cubs, but he, he probably lost a considerable amount of money of what he was going to make this, oh, this yeah. offseason with that second half. His overall numbers still pretty damn good. Uh, 136.2 innings pitched, 3.95 ERA, a 1.26 whip, 20.7% strikeout, 9.9% uh, uh, walk rate, and then a 3.58 whip. But those numbers, like you said, I mean... Uh, a big jump from his 2.88 ERA that he was as of July 15th. Yeah. Now, I, I still believe, based on that injury, that that's the pitcher he was more than he was in the second half. Even even coming out of the bullpen, you know, we, we've talked about it. I've talked about it probably like a million times, but let's be honest. Uh, it takes a while for you to ramp back up and get back sure. to, to being who you are as a pitcher whenever you take time off. The biggest problem here is the Cubs were in a battle for a playoff position, and there was probably a sense of urgency to have him back in some form earlier than they were anticipating on him. They like weren't back. even anticipating him to come well, not back. That's what, that's what made back. it so weird that, is all of a sudden Marcus Stroman shows up and it's like, all right, well, I guess yeah. he could pitch out of the bullpen. I mean, that's the thing <laughs> is, is, and of, of course you still didn't know what you were going to get out of him and you didn't get the best version of him, obviously, but 
you were desperate. You know what I mean? Like, and if, if one of your best pitchers is making his way back and is saying that he feels like he can come back and help yeah. the team in any capacity and honestly is willing to accept that role out of the bullpen, right? Like that's, that's kind of a telling, you know, thing about him as, as a pitcher that he's willing to do that because not a lot of starters, especially a guy that's going into, you know, a free agency offseason potentially is willing to come out of the bullpen and maybe not perform well, which can impact, you know, what yeah. he's going to receive. They, I mean, they probably would have had to stretch him out. So I guess logistically, if they wanted to get Marcus Stroman back into some games, the best way was to just have him pitch bullpen. out of the bullpen. Sure, sure. Um, so, but like yeah. a lot of guys could turn that down. Like that's not something that most right. starting, like not all starting pitchers are going to be willing to accept that kind of role and do that. Like they're just going to say, well, you know, it is what it is. If I can't get stretched out in time, yeah. I'm not going to be back. You probably don't want to give Marcus Stroman like $20 million a year for three seasons if you expect him to be a reliever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, That's I don't true. think, I don't think anyone expects him to be a reliever <laughs> moving forward, but there are some big questions about like, you know, I mean, was this all just the injury that happened? Is that why he was so ineffective in the second half of the season? Or, I mean, Stroman's 32 years old, right? He's getting up there a, a little bit. He obviously doesn't have, uh, the size that you're typically used to seeing from, from a right-handed starter, uh, fan graphs. Uh, they're crowdsourcing. They have three years, $66 million. That's their estimate for Marcus Stroman, which, yes, I acknowledge that's $22 million a year, which is more than we just said the Diamondbacks <laughs> had to spend this offseason. Yeah, um, but yeah. even, I mean, it, it was interesting. In Nick's story, he mentioned Blake Snell and Marcus Stroman. He still mentioned some names as guys, uh, those types of names as guys that it would make sense for the D-backs to pursue. He wasn't necessarily implying that they would be able to land any of those guys. Sure. But with Strowman, I'm skeptical of the three years, 66 million, to be totally honest. I think that if you have that disastrous of a of a second half where you're hurt and just so ineffective, it's hard for me to believe that that guy is still going to get $22 million a year for three seasons. I think it's possible the Diamondbacks could get him for a little bit less than that. Um, but yes, even so, he's he's going to he would take a significant chunk of what you had to spend this offseason no matter what. So. I know maybe there's a way to backload it somehow, like like we said earlier. But uh, yeah, Stroman is is about the highest tier of starting pitcher that I could possibly imagine the Diamondbacks landing, given what we now know about about their spending. About their spending for sure. Yeah, uh, and and even then, he might still cost too much and might not be worth the investment risk he might at not. this point. Yeah, uh, another guy that we are very familiar with and could maybe make some more sense financially is none other than former Arizona Diamondback Wade Miley, the 37-year-old goat himself. Uh, <laughs> Wade Miley was on the Milwaukee Brewers and had himself a fairly decent season up there in Milwaukee. Let's take a look at his numbers this year. Uh, he pitched 120 and a third innings. Uh, he had a 3.14 ERA with a 1.14 whip, 16.1% strikeout rate, 7.8% walk rate, and a 4.69 FIP, which not great there not at the great end. not there not great there at the <laughs> end but uh that 3.14 era again like we talked about yesterday with seth lugo like we talked about with michael waka these are things that especially right now if you're talking about leaving brandon fought potentially in the third spot in the rotation I, I i don't hate out of a fourth or fifth guy in in the starting rotation i just think that the diamondbacks if they're going to go after a guy like wade they're, they're going to need like two wades is what i feel like in yeah. order for them to fill out the rotation yeah i think that's a very valid point wade miley is not 
the most durable guy out there. Uh, he threw 37 innings in 2022. He, as you said, threw 120 and a third in 2023. So, yeah, there are some pretty significant durability questions there. You can't sign Wade Miley and expect to get 180 innings or something like that. And it's had, just not and, realistic. And he had stage. a bunch of injuries last year. Yeah, too. he like, had time off at least for injuries. Nothing major, but just kind of nagging injuries. He didn't miss a ton of time with them. But, yeah, he did have a lat injury and an elbow injury in uh, in 2023 so a uh, shoulder and elbow that's not exactly uh what your <laughs> the ideal injuries for <laughs> the a man's pitcher to 37 have. years old he also had hip discomfort and back discomfort yeah everything discomfort. I mean, yeah I, I mean, can speak from that you have to have just mad respect that wade miley has managed to be this effective this deep and i mean he's 37 years old the fact that he still had a 3.14 era and over 120 innings yeah it's really impressive he is really good at limiting hard contact still he was in the 93rd percentile in hard hit rate this season so that's something that fip wouldn't take into account so you know maybe that 4.69 is a little bit misleading but yeah the peripherals do not at all support wade miley uh continuing forward with like a low three era uh, there's just not really enough swing and miss there at this point. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect him to repeat the season that he had necessarily. But with how much money the Diamondbacks have to spend? Fangraphs has one year eight million on Wade Miley. That would be that would be really reasonable. That's that would value. absolutely That's fit. value. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, Michael said, here's the thing, guys. The D-backs don't necessarily need an ace. They just need guys who won't suck. Very Think true. of how many starts Davies and Madbum got last year. Yes. Uh, you're absolutely right. Madbum didn't get nearly as many starts as, as most people would believe. Uh, and Zach Davies. Four. 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 <laughs> uh, and Zach Davies uh, was actually uh, was the team ace for at least a week at one point. So uh, <laughs> the first but, turn through the rotation, <laughs> Zach Davies is better than everyone else. That's right. The rest of the season, uh, not so not great so for much, Zach Davies. Not so yeah. much. But yeah, you're right. And the Diamondbacks were able to win 84 games with basically Zach Allen and Merrill Kelly doing the majority of the work most of the days. Brandon fought learning how to become a big leaguer. Uh, where Brandon fought wasn't good in the regular he just wasn't, season. <laughs> that's what I mean. I mean, he was sent down. We talked obviously about the Strom conversation when he was down during the all-star break that like that right there just showed yeah. where he was at, at the midpoint of the season. So he was much better in the second half. He had like a he, low four ERA yeah. in the second half of the season, but, but he was, he was still figuring things out and, yeah. and adapting from the minor leagues to the major leagues and then became just the absolute stud that he became in the postseason, Right. And right. hopefully that carries over to him continuing to perform like that. That next season if he if he is able to do that then yeah like michael said there's your number three guy again you're really yeah. just looking for a four and five guy and that could that could really be uh wade miley when it comes to especially a one-year eight million dollar deal so uh, if i told you that the d-backs rotation on opening day is zach gallon merrill kelly uh we'll put wade miley in the three spot brandon fought tommy henry i don't How do you like, feel about no, that i don't feel great don't feel great. I hate I, this episode. I, I know. <laughs> I know. It's all dejection. It's all it just sadness. So wait, maybe Wade Miley at five, Brandon fought at four, maybe a Seth Lugo at three. See, but okay, if Lugo's thirteen million and Wade Miley's eight million, I can do you've math, already Jesse. Spent, that's yeah. twenty one million. All right, I get it. I get it. We'll start a GoFundMe. I can will you, start. Can that. you backload a, a contract with Wade Miley? Just sure. say, all right, we'll pay you one million this year. And then we'll pay you five hundred k every year, year for yeah, twenty yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, 
I'd yeah, take that know. if I was Wade. That's the end of my career. I'm gonna get that. <laughs> gonna get that five hundred thousand dollar paycheck on Barry Bonds Day every yeah, year. It's gonna be go. good. There it's gonna go. be good. It's uh, not. I don't think that would be a terrible rotation. It would be better than the rotation that the Diamondbacks had this past season, given the expected improvements from Fott. Tommy Henry missed most of the second half, but was a pretty decent starter yeah. for this team. Yeah. Wade Miley had a low three ERA this last year. I don't really expect that again, but. It, there'd be a lot more stability there than what they had this past season. But yeah, I mean, in a like in a seven game postseason <laughs> series, do you feel great about Wade Miley uh, and Brandon Fodden? And it's still not still not an ideal situation. We have disappa- disappointed known baseball GM Elise. She says, I also hate this episode, Damon. Uh, sorry, I thought you would love it. Like we tailored it for you. We thought well, we were going <laughs> to talk numbers and business and we thought you would be all about it. Elise. I'm sitting here just just totally dejected because all I can think about is how we just went to the World Series and we're talking about the same topics that Patrick Lyons at DNVR Rockies is talking about right now. Oh, what, like Wade Miley? Wade Miley on a one-year deal, <laughs> kind of round out the middle of the rotation. We went to the World Series. Yeah, that means we're a good team and we're fairly spend. complete. They just need a couple more pieces. It That's how they spend. see it. <laughs> no, I'm with you. There's a lot of money floating around. Let's spend some money. Uh, the $20 million thing is also not gospel. This is just what, what Nick earlier. sort of yeah. suspected. It's not like the D-backs spend $30 million. I wouldn't be like... I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be like so incredibly shocked. This is a situation. It would be shocking if it was in one guy. If they spent like twenty five million yes. a year on one player yes. at this point, then that would be shocking. But that would be shocking. if they spent forty million total or thirty five million total, anything below forty million, you know, more. I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't because, again, that's that effort to reach out. If the deal is right and they can make that deal, I think that the, that money is going to be available to them. Again, we're talking about a team that is literally spending half of what the competitive balance threshold is. They can they can, they can, can find yeah. some money somewhere. They can scramble. That's what I'm saying is I'm, I'm with you. We need – we need to uh, we need to find some money somewhere. Unfortunately, uh, Derek, I'm not I'm not sure that the uh, the current competitive balance uh, threshold has a whole lot of sway in how much God money. God damn it, down- Jesse! No, <laughs> yes, it should. It should. It's the ceiling. I'm not sure that, that is the ceiling, I'm and not we should sure be aiming for at it? least three feet under the ceiling. That's what we should be aiming for. But I think it's 237 million is, is the threshold. Is? Technically, the Diamondbacks' competitive balance payroll is 128 million. So they're they're about a hundred hundred and eight million dollars shy. Know, did you already say that? Is that the number you gave earlier? I, I I said they were almost halfway there, or they still had. Halfway, so they're a little yeah. bit more than halfway there. Yeah. So, so that doesn't oh, that make oh, you feel better? Uh, no, it still <laughs> fucking does it. Not at all. Not at all. Stop defending it. Um, but you know what we can do? We can take that money that they have now. Let's take that twenty million. We take it to Gila River Resorts and Casinos. We'll turn it into eighty million before we know it. Right. Then we'll, turn, then we'll add another hundred million that on top is, of that. That is the clear solution. We're going to talk about FTX taking people's money and spending it elsewhere and getting themselves in the hot water. So why not? Let's do that with the Diamondbacks money. But uh, it is a great place for you to take your money to and have some fun. You can make some money. You can also have yourself a wonderful weekend, night out, staycation, whatever you're looking for at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. No one does it better. They offer an authentic and immersive experience. You'll be uh, limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling and dealing, kiss stealing, son of a gun over at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Uh, they have their state-of-the-art gaming floor that has uh, has it all with over 800 slot machines, uh, including 
uh, all hail the Lotus, by the way. Uh, you can c- check out their 15 blackjack tables and live gaming tables, as well as Arizona's largest casino sports book. They also have uh, a bunch of fine dining options and more. Uh, we were hanging out and playing uh, their... Uh, what was it? That was their uh, it was their top golf game that they have there, where you can go up and you can hit can hit balls and see how far they go. But this maniac Damon over here, he was pitching. They had a they had a pitching game on there. We could throw baseballs and stuff, all sorts of fun. Uh, top to golf had. swing suite. Top golf swing suite. Thank you, thank you for that. That was uh, that was what it was. So uh, belly on up and let Gila River Resorts and Casinos show you what next level is all about. You do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit play at gila.com. For more details. Uh, and again, if you guys are diehard already, we appreciate you being a diehard. If you aren't, grab yourself a diehard membership this holiday season. May, you know, Gift yourself. Treat yourself this holiday season. Grab one for yourself. Grab one for a friend or a loved one. Of course, you'll get access to Jesse's newsletter. Uh, you'll get access to our members-only Discord lounge. You'll get a free piece of merchandise from the PHNX Locker and so much more, including discounts with our partners. Uh, so sign up today. Get that box sent out to you. And uh, make your holidays even brighter. Uh, speaking of things being brighter, the spotlight on the FTX scandal is a little bit brighter. And it's brighter on the MLB because now Major League Baseball is part of a class action lawsuit due to their partnership with the cryptocurrency trading company. Now, I know some of you, much like Jesse, he doesn't care about cryptocurrency. And he doesn't even understand what most of this stuff even has to do with because you have to explain it, this to it's me not, like I'm five it's not again. FIP. It's not uh it's not ERA plus it's not uh any th- kind of expected I stats, need a baseball analytics I, analogy I know, I know. for me to understand. All right, well we'll, well I'll try to explain it to you like you're five, but uh <laughs> if you may remember, MLB entered a partnership deal with FTX. And part they put of that the logo on umpires, right? That that's the that's <laughs> the partnership deal. So basically, uh the partnership deal uh involved them putting as a lot of people remember the FTX logo on umpires. Fairly big, in fact. The FTX logo uh was on their backs. They like a giant logo like on their on as their As big as the Avnet patch? As Derek? bigger than the Avnet patch. Oh Didn't take over God. the world, but uh <laughs> they did enter uh that deal with the company which was uh, which was kind of wild to me, right? It's wild to me the idea of advertising on an official Right, like I don't know if you see that yeah. in any sport. Yeah, Max, you wouldn't think Max that- is here. Max is our official advertising guy. Max, would you step in here really fast because yeah. <laughs> I just want to get your take on this. Maybe you can speak into my microphone. You watch a lot of like uh, like football, and I say that the proper way because we're talking about uh, soccer, right? Very, very fancy. Yeah, there's a lot of advertising going on in that space in that world. But is there ever at do you ever see any advertising on officials in any other sport? Mm. Um, I was going to say the only other time you really see it is some soccer teams. They do like EA, like e, like FIFA, right? So okay. They put, they put like the, the when it was EA uh, sponsoring FIFA, like the video game. Yeah. Mm. They had it on there. That was really the only other time other than FTX and okay. MLB officials. I, I don't like it. Okay. I don't like that. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate your take on that. And I think the reason why is like, yeah, even with the EA thing, that's a video game. It's kind of innocent. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not really it's not a <laughs> cryptocurrency trading company. Uh, and, I, and I just feel like in general, having advertising on your officials just back then kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It just, you know, <laughs> at first I didn't even know what it was much like you. I thought it was maybe like I thought it had something to do with some sort of uh, major league baseball analytics or something like that, like some sort of 
you know, company that they were using for uh, like the breakdown of the strike zone or something sure. more involved with the game. And then you come to find out that it's this company and it's just weird, you know, not uh, there's a lot of lines. We talk about advertising on players, on teams, ballparks, obviously something we're all used to, but putting it. So, F- so FTX no longer. Yeah. Exists. So back to the back to the thing. Yeah. So FTX does not lo- does not exist because okay. they were involved in a scandal. The scandal was basically involving reinvesting the money that people were putting into that company into another company they created. And their company essentially was a cryptocurrency trading company, which is like a cryptocurrency bank or like a stock trading company. Right. And in those situations, whether you're talking about a stock trading company or a bank, if you panic or if you have a moment where you need to decide to sell all of your stocks or pull all of sure. your money out, those funds are typically available to you and have to be based on regulatory uh, agencies demanding that those companies, those entities have those funds available to pay you out. So when FTX, when people found out FTX was reinvesting their money without their knowledge into another company they had opened, they understandably got upset, got a little panicked, went to pull their money out and discovered that this money was no longer available. And mm. so we're not was talking- that, Was that other company called Diamond Sports Group? <laughs> Zing! Uh, no, it was not, but it might as well have been. But uh, like FTX investors are furious because we're not talking about thousands of dollars lost. We're talking about billions of dollars yeah. lost, right? Mm. Uh, this is $11 billion fraud case now when it comes to FTX. And like you said- Imagine what the Diamondbacks could do with $11 billion. Billion Derek. with a B. <laughs> billion with a B. Like just remember like how crazy it is that million, the, the million versus billion things when it comes to seconds, right? Let me find it because it's, uh, it's wild to me. A million seconds is 12 days, a billion seconds, 31 years. Hmm. Big difference there between millions and billions, uh, $11 billion, uh, essentially fraud case. And like the biggest reason why MLB is being implicated in this class action lawsuit, along with formula one racing is that having those advertising advertisements in MLB legitimized FTX right. as a company, hmm. especially I think when you talk about the fact that they put them on umpires right? Like that takes it that extra step beyond just advertising again in the ballpark, like any other company advertises or, you know, it's not a great look for baseball. Like you've got your umpires walking around with like a totally like <laughs> a, com- yeah, a logo of this company wild. that's just buried in scandals. It's now. so wild. Right. And I mean, you got to imagine that the fallout is going to cause sport leagues to rethink like dealing with partnerships with any company like this that might be volatile, any kind of cryptocurrency kind of situation, anything, right? Like when you sit there and watch football on Sunday, a lot of the commercials are financial companies in some way, financial investment firms, financial solutions companies, whatever the case may be, stock market stuff. But there is a lot of stuff that's advertised as partners with, with something like the NFL. And like, again, this, especially when you're doing it at the level of putting those ads on your officials, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's like got to be so embarrassing, but it goes beyond embarrassment. Now they're getting implicated in this lawsuit. Yeah. I mean, it, my, my big takeaway here, which is something I don't really often think about is, you know, putting a, a patch or whatever on a uniform or any kind of advertisement in the ballpark. It's not just an investment that that company is making in major league baseball. It's an investment that major league baseball is making in that company. Like you have to make Correct. sure that anything that you're partnering up with as an ad partner that it's reputable, that it's not going to suddenly fall off the face of the planet and have all sorts of issues. And then suddenly you look 
you look bad for having uh, signed up with them as a, as an ad partner, yeah. right? Uh, something that I've I've never really thought about before. Well, and I mean, even here, right? Like we have a lot of advertising partners. And again, Max is still in here. You know, he can hear me. So I'm going to say nice things about him. But the one thing that's beautiful here is that we do work with local companies that are trusted. They're companies that have been around for a number of years, but they're also companies that kind of go with what we do, right? And like when it comes to when you get to the level of, of these sporting, you know, organizations and, and these teams and the you know, leagues, like, it kind of gets out of control because the spending is so crazy yeah. that you're not having, you know, a little a little local beer company advertise with you anymore. It has to be one of the biggest beer companies on the planet. You're not having, you know, a little local thing because you're generating so much revenue that the only companies that can advertise with you are the companies that are making millions and millions of dollars. And and like that's it just gets you into a situation where the the partnerships are based on money and whoever's willing to pay that amount, you're willing to partner with them. And not really think about the consequences of yeah. if that company is reputable or if that company is someone that you really want your your league associated with, especially something, in this capacity. Something I learned today when when researching this, I had no idea. Minute Maid Park was apparently once known as Enron Field. Yes, it was. Yes, which it was. I I yes, was like was. A, I was like an infant when when this happened. I think it was like I think it was like 1999 or something. Oh um, man! But yeah, and then after after selling their naming rights to Enron, Minute Maid or the Houston Astros, of course, had to go and get their naming rights back. They couldn't have Enron being the name of their facility after yeah. everything was exposed. And so I think they paid. I read it was like $2.3 million just to be rid of Enron as their naming rights partner, yeah. which absolutely blows my mind. It's I guess the D-backs are safe. Like Chase Bank is, I mean, I don't know, maybe <laughs> Chase Bank is not necessarily the, uh, I guess maybe there's some controversy there as well, but they've been around for hey, a bazillion years. So hey, I don't hey, know. we based our mascots name on the fact that the company was once called Bank One. This Let's is, not forget that. True. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of stuff there, but I mean, yeah, like you said, though, it goes the other way too. It goes with, with when it comes to those companies like investing in players, right? That players go through scandals and they had deals with Nike and all this other stuff. And that's when you see those sponsors all drop off. I think the one thing here is that at the end of the day, most people don't really blame MLB for FTX, you know, and, and its failures. But yeah, there are investors in FTX that believe that they were, you know, that that this company was validated by the partnership with MLB. And sure. I, I think they might have a case on their hands. So, again, I think this is going to be interesting on how it impacts uh, the business of sports going forward, especially when it comes to like cryptocurrency finance and things like that that are still kind of brand new to us without really knowing what what they're getting themselves into i mean yeah all of those cryptocurrency commercials have gone away but my god it was every commercial there for a little while during you know a lot of a lot of sporting events and things so uh the the it's just it's just a fast paced kind of changing situation but we'll see what happens when it comes to uh that class action lawsuit and mlb uh i will say this if you need to refill after all of that talk about money, <laughs> uh, great great place to do that is Circle K because uh, you'll save yourself some money and you also uh, get yourself filled up 
for cheaper than you will anywhere else. You can join their Inner Circle program for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details. But if you join their Inner Circle program, you will save yourself 25 cents per gallon on your first five Phillips. You'll also save three cents per gallon every day after that. And you'll get a, a bevy of free things from the fine folks at Circle K. You'll they just sent me an email today. What, they what said, was it for? They said, do you want a free roller grill item or do you want a free pizza slice? Look at that. I was like, wow, that's the greatest email I've ever received <laughs> yeah, in my life. It's not BOGO. It's none of that. It's just stop on in, Jesse. Get yourself a free <laughs> it's, roller it's grill amazing. item. Let's go. Uh, you also get buy five, get the six one free on a selection of Circle K products, including pizza, coffee, and ice cold fountain drinks. So check out Circle K today. Uh, stop in. And uh, of course, it is America's Thirst Stop. Uh, another, great, uh, another great partner of ours, again, that uh, will not be embroiled in scandal and all because they make delicious sliced bread. Uh, and that's as innocent and wholesome as you can get. But it's not just regular bread because you know bread sometimes uh, isn't so great for you. They make sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available uh, and can basically uh, be personalized for whatever dietary restrictions or any kind of personal uh uh, health goals that you might have for yourself. Uh, you may not be counting carbs, but you may be looking to get more fiber or protein in your diet. And Hero Bread makes a version of their bread that's specifically for you. They have high fiber or ultra low net carbs uh, available. They have fewer calories than the national leading brand. And of course, uh, they just have carb, low carb options that fit your lifestyle or your dietary constraints. And again, I love bread. And I, the one thing I, I hate bread is how too. bread, how bad bread can be for you. Founder Cole Glass baked a hundred muffins per day before he found the perfect blend that fits uh, allergy constraints. That's what he pushed uh, to start Hero Bread. Right now, uh, you can check out their bread and whatever. Uh, course dietary constraints you have or whatever you're looking for to fit your lifestyle at amazon or at hero.co uh right now hero bread is offering 10 percent off their first order just go to hero.co and use code phnx to save on hero bread today that's h-e-r.co to save 10 percent today uh and you know i also uh am very stressed out like i said earlier during the holiday season a great way that i relax is with uh wink seltzer which provides you with just a wink of THC, and that's at W-Y-N-K. Uh, and of course, uh, this holiday season, again, it's going to be stressful. These holidays uh, can stress you out. You might have a lot of uh, functions with the family, might have other things, uh, and the perfect THC CBD balance is available from Wink. It's balanced, it's light, and it's social. It also has zero calories, zero sugar, and no alcohol. So if you're looking for an alternative for any of those things, check out Wink. It tastes like your favorite refreshing flavored seltzer, and it's available now in either in a two and a half milligram or five milligram can. You can find Wink right here in Arizona. Look for Wink at all Sunday good dispensaries in the Valley and Botanica dispensaries in Tucson. You can also save money online by going to drinkwink, that's W-Y-N-K.com, and use promo code PHNX for 20% off. Uh, well, that is all we have for today. But tomorrow... Tomorrow. Tomorrow's a good day. Tomorrow's a great day. Tomorrow's a great day. Because right here in studio, we are going to be joined by Arizona Diamondbacks reliever, Kevin Ginkle. The Gink. Let's go! Fire me up! You're going to need to build new brick walls in this office for me to run through because I'm going to need a lot of them <laughs> to run through. So, uh, yeah, Kevin Ginkle will be here with us in studio tomorrow. Make sure to join us at 1 p.m. for that. Uh, I hope it's as excellent uh, as as we anticipate it is going to be. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. 
Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Of course, the people's producer, Damon, is at Damon Dog. That's D-A-W-G. We are Damon's Dogs. Bark, or bark. bark. Uh, you can follow our show at PHNX underscore D-backs. But of course, all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We appreciate you guys so much for stopping by. We always are thankful for your time. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, kids, baseball is fun. But it's so much more fun when you just let us spend as much money as we want to spend this offseason.